Hello and welcome to Sounds Heal Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Brown, and we are diving in again to look at the fields of sound healing, sound therapy, and generally using sound for health and wellness. I want to thank everyone for joining me for the last episode with Thomas Orr Anderson. Really a fascinating look at both the science and art behind these fields. And perhaps some clarifications, some questions and challenges for the field as well. I look forward to continuing to follow Thomas and his journey. Our guest today is Three Trees. This past summer, I was on a journey west, a grand adventure to the Pacific Northwest and the desert southwest and everywhere in between. And before I left on the trip, knowing that I would have several days in Sedona, I decided that I must get a sound healing session from someone while I was there. When you are involved in holistic fields, not only is self-care really important, but you can learn a lot from having sessions with others. As I looked for a sound healer in Sedona, I instantly zeroed in on three trees. I was drawn into what I was seeing, hearing, and reading about him, so I sent an email and actually did not hear from him until I was in Sedona. And his email said, I have a free community appreciation sound healing tonight at the Creative Life Center. Doors open at 6.30. So obviously, I went. And what a crowd had arrived and lined up for him. I was very lucky to be one of the ones that got in the door. And this ended up being his farewell concert, leaving Sedona after 16 years to hit the road to tour, teach, and start a new chapter in his journey. The outpouring of love and support for him was so apparent at this performance. And it wasn't just a performance, it was transformational, it was intense, it was powerful. His use of drums, flutes, didgeridoo, his voice were otherworldly to me. I felt he was truly connected to spirit, a divine calling. The day following the performance, he had a sale at his home selling all kinds of things, music gear, musical instruments to help pare down for his journey ahead. So, of course, my travel companion and I just had to go. And uh, we did get some things, including an ocean drum, Egyptian drum, acoustic bass. I reached out to Three Trees again via email when I was home in Iowa after the few-week road trip. And I asked him where his tour would be taking him and if he might like to perform in Iowa, where I live. And yes, indeed, he was going to be coming this way in the fall. I helped organize a performance at a local venue where he also offered two drumming workshops. And I was so glad the community got to experience this incredible guy. I was really intrigued by the stories he shared and the powerful information he brought and wanted to hear more. So I am so glad he's able to join me today Three Trees, welcome to the podcast. Well, 
Well, that's quite an introduction. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here and um, and to speak to you and whatever we're going to talk about here. I thought it would be just wonderful. I remember some of your stories about your background, uh, for example, your rock band days and uh, the things that prompted and propelled you into sound healing. Um, why don't you kind of tell us whatever feels right about your background and timeline and how you um, got to where you are now. Wow. Okay. So I hope this is a really long podcast. (laughs) 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 It's hard to put all of that into, and and into a short kind of version. That's okay. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I was always, I always loved music as, as, you know, as a child and, and, um, and was always kind of messing around with instruments and playing music and, and uh, and uh, that just kind of led to playing rock and roll, and uh, just to be able to play music because music was always kind of cathartically healing for me, as it is for most people who play music or even listen to music. And so I um, just kind of followed that path, and I just seemed to have a natural knack for picking up instruments and um, and uh, and uh, hearing notes. And as a kid, I remember I used to figure out little commercial jingles on the piano when <laughs> I was a kid. It was my one finger and stuff. But I just um, it just became a passion of mine, and uh, so I followed that path, and that just kind of led to being, you know, as, as normally as we're teenagers and kids, I wanted to be a rock and roller, a rock star, and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. And uh, um, so I just kind of went on that path and was in a lot of bands throughout most of my life, and uh, um, was pretty successful especially towards the end so i had one one band that we were together for quite a few years and uh gained quite a bit of popularity in the in the michigan tri-state area mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh and, and elsewhere and there was kind of a touring uh college rock band and we were kind of uh i was a bass player back then actually and um so i played bass for about oh 16 years or so 15 16 years uh and um, the band we were in was kind of a funk jam, jam band, funky, jammy, bluesy, little jazzy, uh, kind of like fish meets blues traveler meets Primus. <laughs> and, um, we were together and, uh, being fairly successful and, um, touring around and we even toured the country of Peru, uh, which was a big shift changer and shift, uh, in my consciousness and, um, also, at a time in my life where uh, we're really successful in touring, but it was pretty unhealthy. We were kind of stereotypical uh, rock and roll kind of attitude dudes, mm-hmm. and, and uh, overindulgent in all ways. <laughs> and it was very un- unhealthy. And um, uh, I, I remember having, there was a couple moments that really were a push for me to kind of go in a new direction. And I'd been longing for a while to reconnect to to the spirit, the feel of spiritual connection, and um, in the rock and roll life, there wasn't very, uh, wasn't a lot of opportunity to really follow that path. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I was kind of really getting into reading all sorts of uh, spiritual texts and uh, any sort of ism I could get my hands on. And um, I collected quite a mass, quite a 
wonderful collection of uh, mystical books and and um, and books on shamanism and Sufism and mysticism and all these things. And and I was really reading, which was which was really helping to uh, fuel the fire of this desire for spiritual connection. But at the same time, the reality of my dream of being a rock and roll star was kind of counterproductive to that. And uh, so at one point I had to, I had to make a decision. There was a couple points. One of them was Peru. And that was kind of created an awakening in me. Where one show where we uh, played with these Afro-Peruvians and it was the first time I experienced kind of live ethnic drumming and the power of tribal drumming and they they came out in full regalia with all the djembes and the, and the dancers came out and and um, I was just blown away at the energy that I was feeling and this, something that was awakening in me where I was like, I want to know more about that. And we played a lot of shows and we were kind of an energy band, you know, to begin with. And um, But I never really felt that kind of sacred, this powerful feeling from the sounds and the drum rhythm. And, um, and of course, Peru in general was really influential in the kind of awakening um, this this spiritual desire. Also, I had a lot of conscious bubbles kind of pop in my head while I was there. That was uh, that was the beginning of me kind of saying, "Well, I want to I want to explore that and what that is." And and then the second point was after we got back, we released a new CD, and um, we played in a place where I used to go see all my favorite bands, and we were headlining, and it was. It was a, a second CD release, and um, it was a big theater place, and the place was full, and things were rocking, and it was actually on my on my thirtieth birthday, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and um, I had this moment where everything slowed down, the place was just rocking, we were rocking, and uh, it was kind of like one of those movie scenes where things kind of slow down in tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and and I had this. A, a moment where I was just like, I felt like I'd kind of accomplished my childhood dreams, which were extravagant and as far as being super rich and marrying a model or those kind of things. Although other band members, that was my band had those <laughs> aspirations. Mine was a little more humble, but I didn't want to, you know, have a have a lifestyle where that's all I did was just play music. And but I just really had this moment of realization of the slow demise of my soul and my body from the overindulgence and the unhealthy living of that rock star lifestyle. And, uh, I kind of had this moment of now what, mm-hmm. while I was on stage, it was the strangest thing. And, um, so I had to, um, I kind of had this decision in my head of like, I need to do something else before, I can get too far into it before it's too late to turn around, you know? Yeah. And so it was really hard because, that was my childhood dream and I was living my childhood dream. But yet this new longing for spiritual connection and healthier life and more love and more peace, you know, in my, in my life, um, kind of overrode that. And so I, uh, I decided I needed to, you know what, or get up the pot. And so I, um, uh, fairly soon after, uh, quit the band, um, and to make things short, moved into, uh, I bought a drum and moved into the woods <laughs> and, uh, Shamanism was kind of uh, one of my paths back. Mysticism and shamanism I really connected with, and, and so the the idea of a drum as a tool for uh, medicine 
um, sound medicine uh, kind of came up. And so I bought my drum and I moved into the woods to kind of start the spiritual path and didn't know if music was going to be included in that at all. Um, I just knew I had to make a shift. Um, but luckily, Spirit had plans for me that I could still uh, uh, play music and that, that thing that I was passionate and had this love for, but in a different way that was focused on health and healing and uh, spiritual connection. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of that journey. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after that, uh, I, uh, um, during that time, I kind of felt stuck and didn't have any teachers really at that time. Uh, other than all the books I was reading and kind of do what to do, but there is a time where you kind of need some teachers or um, you kind of need to go past the learning into the doing. And so I uh, decided I needed to do a vision quest uh, to get some inspiration, which is also a common theme in uh, in the indigenous peoples and in, in the shamanic traditions. And so I um, uh, traveled across the country and... Um, found a spot, <laughs> another shortening things a lot, but um, I ended up doing a vision quest up in northern Idaho, and uh, vision quest, for those who don't know, is just, uh, to keep that short, is just a kind of a indigenous tradition, it's very common in many cultures around the world, and it can be as a rite of passage, um, manhood, or from childhood to manhood, or womanhood, or uh, the womanhood, um, or at the time in your life where you need guidance, you feel stuck and um, you're looking for spiritual guidance. So basically, uh, traditionally, you find a uh, medicine person, an indigenous medicine person or a shaman, and um, they would help guide you to uh, prepare yourself, and then you basically fast and uh, get ready and get yourself clear and focused and walk out into the woods and find a spot that calls you to sit, and you sit there until uh, you get your vision or your message from spirit. And so, um, uh, you know, traditionally there's no tent or anything like that. And uh, so there was a big a big aspect of the rites of passage for me. Personally, going through the fears, of course, of sitting out in the woods where there's mountain lions and, and wolves and bears and things in the middle of the night by yourself with no tent and thing. And, um, and then once you kind of get past the fears is when uh, the vision came to me, and that's, and that's when I got my name and got some information from spirit um, of my past, of my present place, and, and the future. And um, and they were basically guided by three different trees. Um, to uh, So I would say, like, spirit spoke through these three different trees that I found myself in the, in the center of, this triangle of trees. And uh, that was kind of the solidification of my path. Um, and, and uh, uh, getting a clearer message of my path to follow. And uh, then I kind of kept the name as a reminder uh, of my new path. And so I started introducing myself. I moved away from Michigan and was inter- meeting new people, and I just started introducing myself as Three Trees as a gentle reminder of my new path and um, to re-solidify it every time I said it, every time I heard it. You know, I needed... I needed reminders back then, <laughs> and uh, um, and so that was um, that. Uh, then soon after that, I could uh, do some other wanderings around. Ended up in Sedona, and um, um, was there for the last sixteen years up till last August. 
Whew. All right. <laughs> well, kind of a very bridged version of what happened. <laughs> what I'm sure, I mean, as myself, a musician and, and being in bands and that whole scene, I'm sure that was really a difficult decision. I'm sure that there was a lot of emotion saying to the band, sorry, I'm. this is it, I'm done. I'm sure it was difficult at first, but uh, once you kind of allowed that and opened the door, uh, things were allow- you know, allowed to blossom for you. Yeah, it sounds like a kind of a wondrous adventure, but I, I'm sure it was really challenging. It was very challenging. All I, all I really knew for the last, you know, up until that point, you know, gosh, almost you know, my whole life was just playing music and playing in bands, you know, for, for you know, over a decade. And, uh, and so that was all I knew. And so, yeah, it was very, it was very strange. And it was also leaving everything, you know, it was this, uh, you know, I left Michigan. I left all my friends. I left, um, because I just had to, because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it if I stayed in that same atmosphere. You know, uh, and I felt like the ship was sinking, you know, and I, I didn't want to go down with the ship. So I knew that I had to change it, everything, you know, move somewhere else, meet new people, recreate myself, mm-hmm. so to speak. And it was really tough to, uh, but the desire to, to go on the new path that was more connected and, and in a healing way. Um, was was a, was a stronger desire than that desire to hold my youth's vision of you know being that rock and roller dude. Well, expand a little bit more if you can. So you arrived in Sedona, and <laughs> what? Where was the progression as far as right? You had this one drum, and of course now you have <laughs> this <laughs> this whole performance you do with all these instruments maybe even just starting with the drums how did that progress yeah. you? like the different dr- uh, rhythms that you use how are you in- inspired uh to use the drums specifically yeah well you know i was i was already on the path before i got to sedona for, for you know i i i shortened that story quite a bit <laughs> but i already had a lot of training and i uh, was already on this path um fully uh but it was it was still kind of a mixture. I still like to play music, but I was I was kind of getting into more world music. I was uh, teaching West African drumming. I was um, you know doing this with some kind of world jazz band stuff, you know. But at the same time, I was still working on doing sound healing, and um, I was still a little bit of a duality there. Although the type of music I was getting into had shifted quite a bit, um, but it was uh, it was. It was a, a, a path of starting with that drum because that was the shamanic tradition. And then, as I mentioned, shamanism was kind of something I felt connected to because I always felt connected to um, nature. Mm-hmm. I always That's where I always felt the most connected to the universe, to, to spirit, was when I was out in nature and feeling my connection to the trees, the animals, the earth, you know. And so um, that shamanic tradition was kind of what I, uh, followed and so that was a very common tool of, uh, in that medicine way of using the drum and the rattle and but I was already uh, by the time I got to Sedona I'd already been incorporating some other things like didgeridoos and um, flute and um, wasn't really using much of my voice yet but what happened in Sedona is um, I started to 
just let spirit guide me into sounds, um, into healing instruments. And of course, this is all happening while sound healing is, was starting to gain popularity. Mm-hmm. You know, as the crystal bowls started to come out in the, in the late 70s or so. And um, in, the, in the 80s, they started to gain more. Uh, people started to use them more, of course. And, um, and so I just started incorporating more but the, 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 the interesting thing was um, starting on the indigenous path and learning those traditions um, and of course the didgeridoo is an indigenous uh, uh, instrument also um, but was was that uh, the, the, through the learning, through the doing, through the experience you kind of start to gain a larger understanding and um and started incorporating new things because it, it was um, the progression. And so for me, as I started to realize about frequency, that for me it was like, well, the more frequencies I have to work with, um, the more levels of healing I can work with, more um, you know, understanding that certain frequencies affect certain things. And so... Um, energy bodies and, and, and so why not have a large variety of frequencies to work with and of course incorporating the and, and then I began with a drum of course that was in the, in the indigenous shamanic traditions they're very most of them are very straightforward shamanic pulses um, or heartbeats and things like that um, and when I met my African teacher which happened once after I got to Sedona, actually, or at least the one that um, really taught me more about the healing aspects of rhythm, was um, um, was a big thing was a big thing for me that I really hadn't seen other people using in sound healing, other than, of course, uh, the indigenous people. And so uh, I really started incorporating drum rhythm and going deeper into drum rhythm as part of sound healing which isn't quite as common um, thing that's seen yet. But uh, it's been a journey since, since Sedona, just incorporating more and more instruments, more and more frequencies, because um, they each one do have their own thing that they hold, their own medicine they hold within their own spectrum of frequencies, um, as well as kind of elemental feelings through the different instruments. So uh, it just made sense to me to keep expanding, to keep exploring, to keep incorporating more. Um, and that's just how spirit guided me mm. through. So um, it's been a long, you know, it's been 18 years now and it's been, uh, um, it just keeps going deeper and, and more things. You know, I just incorporated gongs a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. So I was never doing gongs before that. And uh, so it's, just and I'm using a lot more of my voice now, which is of course one of the oldest is the oldest uh, you know sound healing instrument, of course. Um, so it just keeps spirit just keeps saying go deeper, and I keep saying okay, and <laughs> and so now uh, yeah, that's a lot of frequencies, a lot of instruments that I try to bring forth. Right, so it's a real combination of the shamanic practices and then perhaps some contemporary techniques as well absolutely and then some that that seem to be um that i'm understanding 
through the process uh, and how those incorporated that aren't being taught anywhere or whatever. It's just kind of you, you kind of go through the process yourself and, um, you know, certain things teachers can't teach you. You have to do the doing and the understanding, the depth, the depth of the understanding really comes from the doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that takes you into places that aren't being taught so that you just kind of understand um, at, at deeper levels. And so it started to become where it almost started to feel like this was kind of a new way it was coming through. Or well, not new, but in a, a new in a way that's incorporating so many different things. And so for me, yeah, it was it's all rooted in that indigenous traditions, but then incorporating some of the science, you know, that's been coming out, and uh, also these more contemporary techniques um, with uh, with sound, and then going to this other place, which is uh, the deeper understanding of how they all work together and how frequency is working within us that, that I wasn't taught. If you were, this might be a difficult question. I'm not sure. Just kind of thinking about if you were to try to describe in words, for example, what the didgeridoo or your voice or a drum does for you personally, uh, or perhaps for somebody you're working with, what is it about the didgeridoo? What do you feel that that influences, or was it? What is it now that you're using your voice that you feel that that transforms, or what part of you do you feel an influence in when you're using a particular instrument? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think well, first off, there has to there, there has to be a connection to you personally, mm-hmm. right? For any instrument, any especially in the healing, you know, not only just in the healing way, but all instruments of course you know as a musician but there has to be first and foremost like you feel a connection there and so i felt a deep connection to the drum and it took me on a path you know and and i uh things i feel connected to over the years shift and change um as well and uh or new things i feel a new connection to come in and so the way that the, in the beginning of the journey, I think for me, it was like going to roots, right? This, this, the ancient part of ourselves as a human experience in the human evolution. Um, and those instruments that were so potent and powerful and used in a sacred way and um, how we gathered together in community and and told our stories and honored the sacred and singing and dancing around the fire, that stuff that's kind of really deep within us. For me, the, the instruments that it was like building a foundation is what I kind of look back and see now, mm. um, that, that drum and the didge, you know, were just these ancient instruments that have been used for tens of thousands of years, you know, they've, carbonated the didgeridoo at up to 60 to 100,000 years old. Mm. We're finding pieces of them in the caves in Australia and things. And, and it, in, in, in my philosophy or my understanding of how I think of instruments is that they come in reflecting consciousness. They reflect our vibrational support of where consciousness is at um, and also the energies that we're working with in that consciousness. So the... The, the didge has that ancient 
kind of primordial life force sound. And so it kind of it came into existence in that beginning of our journey, you know, and, and bringing in that powerful life force. Um, and the drum kind of, as we started to get into the rhythm of life and understanding the cycles and the rhythms of the universe and the rhythms of, of our human experience, you know, the, they start to come out through this thing called the drum, you know, and uh, um, so it's kind of like as above, so below that the the energetic or conscious aspect, the spiritual aspect is, is manifesting in a physical form through these instruments. So different instruments come into the human experience as the human experience and consciousness uh, is shifting and growing and expanding. And so... You know, the Tibetan bowls are thousands of years old and the gongs come in thousands, you know, 2,000 years old. And and, uh, and then more recently is, you know, we're working on higher consciousness and things. So we get these more kind of angelic and these more what we would phrase, quote unquote, higher vibrational things like, you know, the crystal bowls and um, you know, the uh, you know, hand pans are a new one that have come in and things. And, they, and they, for me, they kind of represent they coincide with the evolution of the human experience and these healing instruments and the frequencies they represent kind of have a tie-in with that mm -hmm. and they come in as a physical form to help and support those frequencies. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you apply this in your, I know you teach as well, you have your own method, Solmonic Sound Healing, so what's soulmonic? What's that part of it? And um, what is what would a class look like? Well, I mean, it's when I started um, using Facebook a lot, you know, started getting into this and um, having to call it something. For many years, I called it uh, shamanic sound healing um, because I was incorporating, you know, had these foundations of these shamanic traditions. Um. And, but then, especially living in Sedona, <laughs> just, uh, the word over the last few years has become more and more, uh, used flippantly, I guess, you know, uh, people just, just kind of use it and throw it out there. You know, maybe they take a, a weekend course and now they're a shaman or, or they could, you know, or they call in the directions and they call themselves a shaman or something. And, and because of my teachers and understanding a little more of the history of that, um, it always felt a little weird because to me, you, uh, you know, the apprentice was usually picked by the indigenous shaman or medicine person of the tribe. Usually thinks that apprentice works with them for years or past, you know, or half their life, uh, hand in hand, you know, with that person a long time. There's a lot of training and, and, um, and so just out of respect, it kind of felt weird. And I've never called myself a shaman because of that, because I've never been given that title by a shaman or have spent the amount of years, you know, to do that studying work. And that's usually a title that is, that is given once you are ready kind of thing. And so, um, and because people were kind of using it all the time. And, and I really felt that I was going to this other place. So, so there's a lot of worlds you can work with in the shamanic realm um, that aren't necessarily 
about love, not necessarily about divine love or your 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 uh, experience of peace and love and joy in this world and making the world a better place, or your connection to God, spirit, whatever that name is. Sometimes it's it's quite different. Um, sometimes it's really ego driven, or it's um, it's using the creation of forces that we do have access to, but in a way that's more humanistic and and um, and so and not that shamanism isn't spiritual, of course it is, but there's many people who um, use shamanic technique that is more about the ego and then and it is more about what you want to um, achieve or um, you know asserting your power over someone else or calling in certain forces to achieve a certain outcome, which may not be in divine alignment and which may not be in alignment with love and peace of joy. And, and for me, um, I started going down this path of more, more love, more peace, more joy, more spiritual connection into what's in the highest good and divine alignment. And not necessarily what I think needs to happen or what I think is the important part of what's coming through in sound healing or that I'm doing this sound healing. It, it more became uh, a soul connection, you know, it was about the soul. It was about our spiritual and divine connection to whatever that higher power is, whatever name that you use, that you use. Because that's what it was becoming for me, was, was this was a spiritual path. And my love and connection to spirit was deepening, was growing. I was feeling more gratitude, more, blessed, more blessings, you know, and, um, and more love in my life and my love for what is beyond the human experience. And so um, it was uh, this one night that just came up that <laughs> um, these soul harmonics and some shamanic sound healing and uh, kind of put it all together and it came out soulmonic. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, um, because it, 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 was, it wasn't really, it has foundations in shamanism, but um, in, in shamanic technique, but it was going somewhere else. Um, so it was almost like divine communion is what it became with me. And and when I started to go into that deepening of that and allowing that divine communion to happen while I'm in, um, while I'm doing a session or in a, in a sound healing experience of that, um, I just started going into this place of like this deep prayerful meditation, which which a lot of people can, but it's, you know, I was really just focusing on this, on this love. And I can only relate it to when um, I was a young teenager, I had a born again experience thing and I became a born again Christian and all this energy and love and this, uh, the spiritual power from the divine was just flowing through me. And I had all sorts of crazy experiences that we could do a whole show on that alone. But, <laughs> um, and that's kind of what I was, relating it to as, as that I was starting to go in to um, during uh, these sound sessions. And um, when I did, things started shifting. Um, not only was my experience of the sound healing different in the way that I wasn't expending my energy really anymore. Um, I wasn't getting tired. I had to take a break after a few sessions. I was, I was experiencing deeper, profound healing within myself after a session. Um, and, and a deeper connection. And so I started to just go into that place of like this communion, right? Like this deep, prayerful communion with spirit to allow it to flow through. 
And then what also happened is everyone else's experience became much more profound and deeper. Um, so it worked on both levels, not only for them, but for me. And so I just kept following that path as, as almost like, as like a spiritual practice almost. And, um, as a prayerful communion. And then, um, as that happened, then it, everything is just, you know, exploded and, and blossomed, you know, more and more every year since, since I've kind of gone in that direction. And so Salmonic was kind of representing the name represented more of what was important to me in this, which was going into the soul and, and, um, and going into the spiritual connection and having a communion with the divine presence through the process of while all these frequencies are coming through. And um, uh, so, so for me, it works on much deeper levels that way. And it seems to affect people that way too. Mm-hmm. Just being that conduit. Right. Or just getting out of the way, getting out of, getting out of the teachings. Um, you know, once the teachings are kind of integrated, and part of the integration of who you are, you don't have to think about them anymore. They just, they just, they do themselves, right? So then all I had to focus on was just getting more and more into a, a, a place of spiritual flow uh, and being that conduit to allow that to come through. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so the name represented that more, that psalmonic. But it's just an, it's just a name, <laughs> but it's but, deeper you know, than that. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind of cool, but it is just a name, and it just it, it just felt better than using that shamanic sound healing yeah. any, uh, anymore because it felt like it was going to another place. Yeah, because that's the other thing is not just sharing it, but uh, you know, I really want to get the information out because it is the time. I guess that there's one thing I, I you know mentioned is is that. Everyone should know that it is the time for frequency. It's like part of our evolutionary process and and a firm believer that that's part of what's helping us evolve into our next place is understanding frequency, um, not only on kind of the human experience level of, of science and whatnot, but for our spiritual evolution and the evolution of our human experience that we're, we're going into frequency. And so the more people who are trained and uh, how to do that and how to share that and be part of that um, sharing with the world um, I think is an important thing and that's the other that's why I love doing the trainings too is because um, we're creating all these sound vortexes for the divine the universe for what we need for that evolution um, and uh, and uh, that's why it's becoming more and more popular and and, and and because it's that time and I feel how I'm sharing it is important to keep it rooted and grounded in a spiritual context in, in this divine love kind of context and not so much into the sciences. A lot of it we can see in the internet and things and, you know, figuring out certain hertz and frequencies for certain things and people get caught up in the science of it too much or the, or the coolness of it, or whatever. But that this is a, this is a this this is a um, something beyond that. Right. That the experience is the understanding. Right. Truly experiencing it is how you get the the real data and the real feedback. 
Right. And if they're all, and it's about the intention, mm. right? So we can use science with the intention of love, or we can use the science with the intention of war, right? Or we can use the science, or we can use sound with the intention of divine connection, or we can use the the science or the the sound, the science of sound healing for personal gain or um, accolades or for things of the ego, or, or you know, and and when those intentions are in those different realms. <clears throat> those frequencies of those things are being amplified out. So for me, it's important when teaching people about sound healing, that they have a deep understanding that, that this is a way to allow the divine to flow through you to, and for those frequencies of love and light to expand not only to the practitioners and the people who are attending, but out into the world. Um, infinitely, you know, mm. um, so that, that that is this is part of a spiritual evolution and, and a way to connect to God, to the divine, um, um, in a way that doesn't have any dogmas, that doesn't have rules and regulations, so to speak, or fears of burning in hell or doing things or whatever that is, you know. It's like this is this is pure. Sound is, is pure and unadulterated, you know, uh, uh, in its own sense. And so we have to be careful of what we're infusing those sounds with. Um, and so that's why I try to get people to make sure they understand that it's not, we're not just using sound and frequency to heal up bodies or to break up whatever energy thing, you know what I mean? And isn't this cool? And that, that, that this is, this is wow, this is divine, this is God flowing through. And to get those um, their intentions in alignment with that, um, because there's plenty of people out there teaching, you know, all sorts of methodologies and teaching this and that about this frequency and that frequency, and a lot of times that that aspect gets left out more than it should. Intention is is crucial, yeah. right? So if the intention is to allow divine source to flow through you. Boom! Right, yep. mm-hmm. that's yeah, you can't you can't get better than that. So that's <clears throat> so that's what I try to teach when I'm when I'm teaching. Mm. You know, just to not only for your own personal spiritual uh, evolution, but that you become that conduit for the divine, right? For that divine love, that divine peace and joy, and not our version of it, which is limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel kind of like what part of my calling and in, in all this is. Allowing it to uh, start from a single point and then spread infinitely beyond, you know. Yeah, the single, yeah, the single and, point and is your intention, but then what it connects to is infinite. Right. Yeah. And to get, just to get people knowing that this is a, this is a powerful thing we're doing. It's, it's, it's shifting DNA, right? It's changing our DNA, the frequency. It's changing uh, the way our body's wired and how our brain is being wired. And we're working with a lot of things that we're only beginning to understand on a science level. But, um, you know, the indigenous people have known a long time that, um, that the sounds are an amplifying intention. So 
if that's true, then shouldn't that intention be the highest possible intention possible and in alignment and in alignment with the divine, with the infinite source, with God. So I feel that's part of my calling in all this, uh, this evolution of sound in, the, in our human experience and how in sound healing vibration therapy and, you know, um, and this growing hospitals are starting to bring it in and everything that, um, that I give the perspective for sound healing. My job is to give this perspective um, and this information. So you, I, I believe you teach at least a level one, level two. How do you find approaching this philosophy you have, this Solmonic idea um, when you're teaching sound healing? It just Are you also not only teaching how to use these instruments, but is it how to tune tune into yourselves it's kind of this mix of uh, practices yeah. for self-care as well as techniques i feel like when i teach my sound healings it's not just about the sound and the instruments but um spiritual philosophy spiritual ideas and um, um yeah as a way to mm, understand the universe in a deeper way mm. uh, uh, and have that way of understanding be rooted in love and rooted in light and joy and peace and the betterment of humankind and the acknowledgement that we're all in it together and let's do our part. I definitely try to teach that as best as I can. Of course, that's all that's a personal journey for everyone. So mm-hmm. it can only kind of put out the ideas, some of the philosophies, some of um, universal laws, or so to speak, you know, or, or divine truths, and kind of incorporate them so that the awakening is just put the information out there for your own awakening to happen. But also, you know, try to get push the boundaries of going to places that are, because it is kind of fearful to go to those places that it could be uncomfortable or, or there's a, a little bit of fear in there, you know, the, uh, you know, Course in Miracles uses the phrase that, you know, the, the thing we're truly uh, the most fearful of is how powerful we truly are. Um, it's not death. It's not this or that. It's actually the own power of, of the divine power that resides within us that, you know, that's what we're most fearful of is really stepping into that so going outside what's comfortable i do try to do that a little bit in a few exercises through the through the through the process um but it is it is something you have to learn on your own you have to go there right you have to make those decisions and 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 that takes practice too you know um i'm still learning on going deeper um and uh the more allowance. And, and so, you know, it's, um, as Abraham would say, we never get it done. And so, um, I think that's exciting that we never get it done, that we get to, uh, explore and deepen and grow. You know, I always have a, I, I've always had my own issue with the word master, you know, and sometimes you can say, Oh, you're a master sound healer, whatever. It's like, I know that to me, that's something that's unattainable. It's something you strive for, but never attain. You know, um, I think once you're the master, then well, then why, why be here anymore, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I guess that's the relationship to the the enlightened masters, right? They they got it done, right? And now they they ascend, and then they right. 
So once you acquire that mastery, it was supposed to, you know, there's no use to really be in here other than support others. So for me, it's about, it never ends. You're always going deeper. And so this is a process, I think, with sound healers that they need to go through, that it's not just these methodologies. It's part of, it's a, it's, it's, it's a way to deepen your spiritual connection. It's a, it's a way to offer divine service to others, right, to be a positive part in the, in the evolution of the human experience. Um, and, but to, uh, to really step in is a scary thing. And so um, that usually takes practice of slowly taking those walls down and going a little deeper, going in a little farther into those places where you feel uncomfortable um, to allow the spirit to flow through, to allow the humanness to step out of the way, you know? So, um, and so that's, that's something that's always evolving, I think, at least in my life. And part of this whole tour is part of that journey too. It's not just, I realize it's multi. You know, everything's multidimensional. Everything's multifaceted and and correlated to each other. And, and so, yeah, the divine calling that I got was all right. Get it out there. Um, but at the other, uh, it also coincided with the fact that I want to go deeper. It's time to to go to the next level. It's time to go back to the well and one one aspect. You know, um, draw from that source. So, what better way than to take a uh, take a vision quest around the country for a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had such a, a flourishing and developmental time in Sedona for those 16 years that you, mm-hmm. something clicked that it was time to have a change in your world. And so you have been on tour. What What are hi- some highlights? What What's your past year been like on the road? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a learning experience. You know, it's way different than my touring experience in the rock band, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, I'm, plus I'm uh, you know, by myself, although I have my dog, Marley, that's touring around with me. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness he's, he's a great buddy and, and a teacher in his own right. Um, but it, 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 it's been amazing just connecting with people and just going deeper into this path of mine, this, uh, and, and what's, where's it going and what's the divine plan and, and, and how do I need to step into that, um, more, you know, um, not only stepping into, um, how I present it to people, but also what it means to me and what it means, um, in my spiritual life. So it's been, um, it's, you know, it's up and down. It's been very humbling uh, in other areas, you know, and sometimes very surprising. And when I, you know, when I was in Marion, it was beautiful to see such a large, supportive sound healing community in a place, you know, I wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some places where you expect it's going to be like something, and then it's like there's hardly no one there, yeah, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and so... It's been good that way too, just kind of humbling from being in Sedona, being fully supported and prosperous, and and people searching me out and and you know inviting me to conferences and everything. You know, was, I had no reason to leave there, that's for sure. It's beautiful, I loved it, um, and I had no plans on leaving um, until this kind of calling. I I ignored it for a while. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go on tour. I'm not going to go. This is you know why would I leave this? This is great. But um, 
but then a certain amount of circumstances just kind of all came into alignment. Where I was like, okay, it's it's time I'm supposed to do this, and uh, and you have to say yes to those things. That's how I got to where I am with saying yes to those things. That's that's the calling that had me quit the band. That's the calling that had me um, follow the different instruments, the different journeys, the different teachers, you know, and um, following the bliss, as, as it's been said, right? And so, um, I even though it didn't seem like this would be following the bliss, uh, I knew it was a calling, and I had to because my bliss was in Sedona. But I, I knew that there was a higher plan, and I had to trust that. Um, and I know spirit will give you the, a gentle push or a nudge and, and then a harder push, and you know eventually you get that golden two-by-four over the head. So I didn't want to wait till the golden two-by-four hit me over <laughs> the head. I'm trying to live in more gentler life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so before that happened, and... Um, uh, you know, the construct of my reality was totally torn down and destroyed. I decided to uh, do it, uh, do it consciously, right. you know, and say, okay, okay, you want me to go? I'm going to do it. I think that's part of following, you know, your divine path and being in divine alignment is not not saying no when you know it's a higher calling. And even if you have fears or doubts, of how that's going to turn out, um, that you have to follow it. And so the wonderful thing that was kind of unexpected was the, the humbling aspect of going out and people not knowing me in many places I go and never heard of me. Right? And so it's like starting over. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, okay, it's like paying your dues all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you think after, you know, 30 years of music, 35 years of music, it's like, okay, I've paid my dues. <laughs> mm. But this is a new adventure again, and now it's like paying the dues over again. So, um, But the beautiful thing is me going deeper into saying, this is all perfect, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's even been a, a couple of shows where there's been, you know, four or five people, <laughs> you know? Um, and it takes me two and a half hours to set up and two and a half hours to tear down and a two-hour session. It's like, okay. You know, but to know this is to have, I've been getting deeper into this just total surrender of like, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. The right people are here. It's not just about um, my prosperity or, um, you know, having a big successful thing. It's the perfect people who are supposed to get their activations or the healing are there, right? We've all called each other into the experience and it's beyond this whole human experience thing of money and 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 whatnot and the total trust and then the person then the next week is like or two weeks later it'll be like this huge show and and, and um uh you know um lots of prosperity so it's it's saying when it's when it's not that that that's perfect and awesome also and then of course those few people that are there are many times um uh, uh, the perfect person who's going to get the word out next time I come through or has this connection to that person or or um, has uh, some other work that they're doing or are in a time of their life that they so needed this type of sound healing. So and that's beyond the money or the amount of people that are there. Uh, uh, and so that's a humbling experience, not only for my ego and used to playing huge shows and conferences and things, um, and but the also humbling in a way that's like, wow, 
spirit is so amazing and and um this divine plan and how things unfold is so magical and mystical and how, what an amazing thing to be in this life to experience that and to be and to grow in consciousness and that and say when those things are like wow this is amazing and perfect and thank you for these three people <laughs> yeah that's beautiful well, so I'm assuming you're continuing on this tour. What are what are you excited about this year? Or do you try not to plan what's coming up next? Or do you have something kind of in the, the works for this year ahead? Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, it's uh, interesting because uh, organizing and the kind of business aspects of things is not my forte. As you may, I don't know, some artists are different, but I think many artists, uh, that's a part of the brain that's, that's not uh, in balance with the artistic brain. <laughs> um, and so the business aspect has been a little hard for me, and that's been another learning experience. And, of course, I'm way behind on booking my tour right now. Um, and uh, that's kind of been the norm throughout my tour is a lot of my stuff gets set up two or three weeks ahead of time. <laughs> and uh, um, But I will be... I, I, but that's been another beautiful experience too. That oh my gosh, two weeks. How am I ever going to have a successful thing? And then spirit just aligns it, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, this person, that person, and it all comes together and magically, it's this amazing experience comes through with hardly no setup or time, you know. So the universe sends its support. Um, so I've been flying by my seat, giving thanks for spirit supporting in that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but uh, I uh, have a thing going. I'm uh, going to Sedona uh, or Scottsdale, Sedona, Arizona, for a couple of days, and I'm going to hang out for a few days with a, a Yakway uh, Indian shaman friend of mine down in Tucson, and um, then I'm going to California for about a month, five weeks or so, and I started to set up. I got a few things coming in now for California that <laughs> I just started setting up, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, um, and then I'm going to head back east towards you guys and all the way to the east coast. Um, and uh, so those things are not set up yet. So that's what I'm doing this week. <laughs> all right. But I'll be touring. <laughs> but I'll be touring until uh, the end of July, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And then, and then I may figure out a place where I'm going to kind of root down for a little bit. Uh, maybe not permanently, maybe uh, more temporary, but at least have some sort of uh, foundation place, right? Because I've had nothing. I'm just in, you know, touring in the van. Um, so, so um, until I get a clear vision of where I'm supposed to be. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of the divine pants, so to speak. <laughs> Keeps it interesting, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And it keeps it magical that way, too. That's right. Yep, whatever's supposed to happen will happen. Right. So wherever it's called forth, I just try to show up. Yep. So you, it sounds like you're going to start setting up uh, the next few months. Where can people find you online, maybe following what you're doing, or maybe they want you to come to their neck of the woods? What's the best way to uh, to find you online? Um, well, they can contact me uh email you can go to my website and uh, um, there's a contact there or on Facebook uh, messaging or calling me um, <laughs> just uh, yeah 
that's part of how I set the tour. Is it's like I had uh, you know a fairly large um, mailing list of people over the years, and just sent out you know being in Sedona, and then I sent out a e blast saying, "Hey, if you want me to come to your neck of the woods, just give me a call, give me an email." And uh, really, all I need is a, a place to um, you know because if I don't know the area, right? So if, if someone has connection to the community and knows of a good yoga studio or uh, um, or a different event space that would be good to hold of that, and then uh, and then that's kind of it. And <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of how I started the tour. And people just emailed back, "Hey, I'd love to come here," and just uh, you know, as you did, and and um, we just kind of go from there, setting it up and sending the information and, and getting the word out. And so, what are kind of, what's the range of right? There's obviously performances that you do. But you also mm-hmm. can do teaching and workshops. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's different things. You know, you, usually the you know the group sound healing is is the main part of what I've, I'm trying to offer because um, I believe part of that divine plan is there's some activation stuff that's happening through them um, and giving people an experience that don't necessarily get a chance to have an experience uh, outside the human one. Um, and, uh, so I think there's some activation stuff through that, but then with the teachings, you know, there's the toning workshops or, uh, you know, using the voice, uh, sacred sound for healing, uh, yourself and others, as well as, uh, kind of drumming, um, workshops that you experienced. And then I have my three day level one and the three day level two, and sometimes I push it into two days. Um, and of course I do have like a live kind of. Um, music, more like a concert performance thing that I do. That I've only done a couple times on the tour so far, but just because it hasn't been called forth. But uh, where I do a lot of some of my um, um, African music stuff and world music stuff, and um, you know, more like songs as opposed to uh, sound healing. Um, but a lot of the same instruments, of course, just presented in a different way. And people you get up in a little little dancing, a little. Booty shaking, some <laughs> African rhythms, and get people singing some of the African chants and stuff, and some old traditional songs and things. So I do that sometimes too. So you have some a variety of CDs. Do you think all your experiences and the ups and downs is, is inspiring new uh, sound creations? Maybe a new CD when you get settled somewhere. Yeah, I'll definitely have to do it once I get settled somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something uh, that's that's been in my in my field of vision to to uh, accomplish. But at, at right now, it's, I can't think too much about it. Just trying to stay focused on all the stuff I'm working through in the moment. Um, so, but once I get once I get settled down, um, then I can start working on something like that. Um, but yeah, that's in that's in the mix for sure. And I'm trying to get a little more media savvy. I'm actually gonna, hopefully, within the next week or so, open get a get a Instagram account, which I've never done. And, <laughs> and uh, um, so yeah, I'm trying to catch up. With, I'm kind of a dinosaur uh, <laughs> with technology and things, but um, I realize it's just a tool, and I'm trying to uh, surrender into that. So, right. so people may be able to contact me through Instagram soon too. Well, I'll be sure to share your links and wherever you are. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I guess last question, just since you've been on tour and everything's different day to day, 
Do you find, I don't know if you already have kind of a daily practice that you do with sound. Are you able to find time to kind of self-care with sound and have a practice to keep you kind of grounded as you're all over the place? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, and I've been doing some other, I've been doing some other work a little bit too, uh, besides sound, you know, um, but uh, just kind of doing a little personal ceremony and things, you know, um, and, uh, um, but with the sound, it, it's, I, I, it's a little hard on the road sometimes, but the, the, you know, to get up and do my toning in the morning, mm-hmm. um, or to, you know, to spend time with a drum against a tree or something, you know, it's, uh, um, so it's, it has been a little difficult in that way, but luckily, you know, what I do, um, is actually my prayer and connection too. So, you know, it helps that when I'm doing my sound healings, I'm having, once the sound healing begins, it's, it's communion, it's prayer, it's, it's connection, you know? So I'm blessed that what I do is actually part of my spiritual health connection and, and well-being. Yeah. You know? So I get to do it a few hours a week all the time yeah. <laughs> it's That's part awesome. of what That's i do great. yeah yeah but but I, I i am looking forward to when yeah i have a, a you know a little home where i can kind of wake up and start getting back into like a groove a practice and and waking up and doing some toning in the morning or, or spending some time with one of my healing instruments you know well three trees i want to wish you a safe fun and exceptional rest of your tour and thank you so much for taking your time to explain your philosophy your connection through sound to spirit and as guided by intuition uh, to really guide you and this deep deep connection you have to the divine through sound Uh, so thank you so much for your time today great to talk with you thank you so much Oh, I so appreciate it, and I hope I didn't ramble too much. And <laughs> for those listening, it was perfect, perfect. <laughs> I appreciate your patience and, and letting me get out whatever it is. It was all meant to, to be out. said. Yeah, all meant to be said. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much for your love and support, and all that you do in the world of sound and frequency and and your medicine. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast. You can keep up to date at soundshealstudio.com or facebook.com soundshealstudio. And I look forward to diving in more and more to this field of using sound for health and wellness. Be well and stay tuned.